Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Busy, busy week. How you doing over there in New York? We're doing all right. We've got lovely weather. It is nice out. How's Vegas treating you, Matt? I woke up to snow-capped mountains in the distance of my backyard. Wow. We're in, we're in bizarro, uh, bizarro worlds. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it, it's actually not as crazy as you think here. Those mountains are often snow-capped this time uh, you know, of year. Yeah. But, um, hey, here we are. Yeah, for the past few days, it's just been like mid 60s here in new york it finally feels like spring although they'll they'll get you man i'll tell you they'll they'll lull you into the sense of security of like we finally got out of winter and then boom i'm sure there'll be a cold snap and uh you know always crazy what is this what is this our first date we're talking we're doing five minutes on the weather right at the top (laughs) i'm just excited because i actually went outside of my apartment and i was surprised (laughs) It feels like <laughs> it feels like such a rarity to leave my apartment, especially during the day. Uh, but uh, feels like we don't know each other. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, but I have to wish you a happy anniversary as well. So anniversary, we must, we anniversary. Must know. Yeah. Uh, March eleventh. Not there yet. One year anniversary of the pandemic, Matt. Getting there, getting there. March fourteenth will week. be the day. Yeah, it's this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. I will. <laughs> Did you get definitely me make it over a year? Hmm? Did you get me anything for the pandemic anniversary? I didn't even know you wanted anything. <laughs> Plus, I didn't know what to get you because we just met and we're talking about the weather. So, I, I hate. I you know just I already regret you know making the joke that it's our first date. Now, like no. automatically, it sounds like if I were on a first date, I would just go straight to weather talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about uh, dating advice. <laughs> but, uh, True. What are we here to talk about? What, what's happening? Uh, you've, you've had a busy week at the theater again, I assume? Yeah, still rocking and uh, one step at a time. And hopefully we'll have uh, an announcement uh, soon for when I might be allowed to invite people over to my house which i mean theater when i say that to come hang out your house this is you should rename the matt franco theater matt's house welcome to matt's Matt's house house. (laughs) it's not a bad idea it's casual it's fun yeah there's been some uh exciting like opening news for entertainment in new york city um so tell me we just got the the news that uh Arts venues and performing venues are allowed to open again, finally, uh, April 2nd. Uh, now they're doing very soon 33% capacity or 100 people indoors, 200 people outdoors gathering. Wow. But if you have a negative COVID test, like if you could prove or test people that way, you could like bump it up to, I think, 150 indoors and like 500 outdoors. So. That's that's honestly that's that's great and moving in the right direction and Absolutely. in Vegas right now the current rule is no gatherings over a hundred as well so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a good you know it's a good good progress and a good place to be yeah I mean for for us I mean we we just couldn't have any performing arts so like nothing was happening uh, you know there was outdoor shows right. and comedy stuff going on in the summer and some crazy people in the winter who were bearing the cold uh, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is uh this is promising. I I didn't know what I expected like a reopening to be. Like I kind of like knew in the back of my mind it wasn't going to be just like boom back to normal as some states are kind of trying to do, I guess. But uh yeah, also right. just like I just knew it was going to be gradual, but it's like I guess guess the debate is is it too soon? Is it not soon enough? You know, that that's where the the, the hedging goes and you can agree or disagree, but I'm glad I'm just happy that it, you're like you said it's it's in the step in the right direction at this point. And, uh, you know, we'll see what shows look like if some of these smaller venues, 
I mean, if, if uh, the creek was still around here in New York and I could do amaze balls, 100 people indoors, not a problem. That show never reached, got close to 100 people. So, <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to just figure out what stages and like when variety artists like, you know, me and you or, you know, our friends can find uh, find places uh, here in New York to, to do shows. All right, man, I've got big news on that front. Just yeah. not last night, but the night before, first vaccine. Whoa, there you go. Congrats. Yeah, I don't know how it is in other states, but here in Nevada, I called the pharmacy mm-hmm. and asked what the situation was with uh, getting on like a, a wait list or a waste list of like vaccines that are going to quote unquote spoil if they don't use them. Yeah. And the pharmacist said, come right now. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. More and more people are getting them even in New York and they just opened up the Javits Center, which is like doing 24 hour, uh, you know, vaccine appointments. But uh, but same thing. A lot of people are going on the wait lists, the pharmacy lists, uh, because people don't show up for their scheduled appointment. And they got to yep. they got to use it or lose it pretty much. So um that's uh that's uh, exciting. Uh, I got my yeah. first shot as well. Uh, I qualified, and uh, you know I'm getting the second one soon. And uh, I'm pumped. I'm uh, pumped to finally. Uh, there's there's this thing that I don't like. There was like for a time, especially when it wasn't as readily available, and it's not still super people super ready ready available. People are still having difficulty, you know, signing up for appointments and whatnot. But when I booked my appointment, there's this whole like vibe of people like really questioning like oh how are you getting it and it, like almost seemed like vac shaming and i just don't like 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 if you can get it get it that's what i say that's that's what i you know what's funny you're 100 <laughs> right because like i immediately justified how i went about getting it right i, I didn't want to say i got a vac i had to also say Why? yeah how i went about it and that anyone could have done it mm-hmm. there was no special treatment mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah so i just say don't you know don't play into that game you know if someone can get it and they you know do it fairly and you know are either eligible or like you said the uh, the, the waste uh you know waste manage waste management that doesn't sound right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the, the wasteful you know uh expiring doses do it i think uh, the more the faster we can all kind of get this vaccine i think that's the best uh way we'll get back to normal were there any crazy rules given in New York with live performance in terms of distance between the performance area and the front row? Uh, not in the article I said. I'm sure there might be some distancing, um, but uh, but what what? Well, I mean, anything outside of the six, like other than the six feet, which is kind of a given at this point, right? Uh, I didn't see in the article. I'll have to look into it more. But in the article I saw, I didn't see any specific distance rule. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the the big headline in Vegas for performance venues now is the 25-foot rule is now gone Mm. and has been replaced with a 12-foot rule, which everyone is is ecstatic about. It's a real game changer. I mean, even just the feel of trying to perform magic, 25 feet is probably a little further than you might think it would feel. And, like, the audience doesn't necessarily know. They're not necessarily from Nevada. They don't know that that's a rule. So, like... You almost have to like explain it to them so that they understand why you're 25 feet away at all times, pretty much. But 12 feet, you can get away with, I think, without even necessarily having to uh, mention. You can actually be maskless if, as long as you're more than 12 feet wow. away. If you break within that 12 feet, the mask goes on, and you still still maintain the six foot distancing, of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, one, I wouldn't know the distances anyway because I'm famously bad at estimating. True. <laughs> but. Um, but I assume you could just do like a pre-show video if it was something you had to explain and be like, this is 25 feet. That is why Matt is not coming anywhere near you. But uh, I'm glad they got rid of that so that you can still do it safely and, you know, keep the distance. And like I said, the more people who get vaccinated, the the easier it's going to be and safer it's going to feel, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I saw the theater yesterday and how the seats are set up and it's looking pretty cool. That's great. That's great. Yeah, everything distanced out and little pods of two, pods of four, and it's uh, it's nothing I thought I'd ever see in my lifetime, but here we are. Yeah, well, you're probably lucky, too, because your theater was very mod- modular with some of its seating. You know, they could actually move the chairs. I know some venues in Vegas, not so much. They'd have to, like, rip out seats or block them off or redo entire booths, but I think your, right. your theater was actually 
primed for for uh, you know the, keeping the distance between the audience, which is great. Yeah, hundred percent true. So we can actually just remove chairs to be in whatever capacity we're allowed to be in at the time to do it safely. So here we mm-hmm. are. Great, man. I'm excited, uh, and we're still waiting on an announcement date for you, but sometime soon. I, I hope to get an announcement out by the end of this month. So we're teasing. Stay tuned. Teasing the date. We're not even saying the date. We're teasing the announcement of the date. <laughs> teasing the, the announce. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, there's a correction you got to get to as well. Uh, I mentioned uh-huh. a, uh, when we were talking about our memory talk and uh, how fallible our our brains are and remembering things and how that could easily be influenced by words. Uh, it was a, a test I couldn't think of the name of, and I did a little research and m- want to make sure I got that fact. That was the Loftus Palmer study. So I just want to get that out there. Check that out. Uh, really, really, really cool stuff. An update as opposed to a correction, if you yeah. will. Yeah. I mean, I think I got it half right, so I'll, I'll half okay. correct myself. <laughs> we'll we'll call it that. And then you had like another supposed correction that you were telling me right before we came on. Right, yeah, we we got in a we before we hit record, we just started just showing our Martin Gardner books to each other <laughs> <laughs> because you mentioned a title and I was like, I don't think I have that one. I think I had most of the Martin Gardner stuff, but I realized I had most of his uh, puzzle and math books rather as opposed to his magic book. Uh, but the mm-hmm. magic book that I had was called Mathematics, Magic, and Mystery. So I was going to correct you in your title, but then you were like, boom, check out this book, the out-of-print one. Uh, that was the Impromptu Magic of Martin. Yeah, Encyclopedia of Impromptu Magic. Phenomenal book. Yeah, I'm going to have to borrow that one from you since it's not in my collection. Yeah, by all means. Take a look just, at it. Uh, just a quick little FedEx that over. and I'll- Yeah, it's like a library. You know, We'll just get it over to <laughs> no, you. No late fees, I hope, because I have a stack of books I still haven't cracked. <laughs> We're in a pandemic, so there's a rental fee and a late <laughs> okay, fee. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, speaking of magic, though, I saw another virtual show. Ah, I can't wait to hear about it because I know which one you yeah, saw. Yeah, I saw Michael Carbonaro's Live from Space, and it was wonderful. It's so I love fun. It. He's such a great personality. It. If you don't know Michael Carbonaro, you might have seen him. I think he started as the magic clerk on The Tonight Show, and he was doing bits. Yeah. And then that led to his, you know, long running now uh, show on True TV, The Carbonara Effect. Over 100 episodes. We talked about this just personally to each other, Matt, about how just his improv skills of dealing with people and how he just explains the magic away in that show is so fun because people just buy into whatever zany explanation or justification for whatever magic they just saw. And they're like, oh, yeah, that is a new device or invention. And it's kind of like this ongoing undertone theme of that show that makes it so delightful it's outstanding and michael gets a lot of credit but i still think uh is underrated for for what he uh, what his capabilities are yeah. i think he's just uh great it's a great show i i was it, it makes it look easy so <laughs> yeah. i almost think magicians watch that and go oh i could do that but i think the acting chops that you're seeing in the carbonaro effect are really high and if and if they're not believable yeah the the whole bit doesn't work because the mark's not gonna they're gonna feel that something's off so he really needs to the acting chops really need to be top notch to be able to like do that in real time after the trick is over continuing on with the bit it's yeah. he always uh stays true to the bit and i don't know how he doesn't break up laughing <laughs> the uh i also know he's got a hell of a team behind him on that show including uh, uh, a friend of ours who worked on your magic special, Derek Hughes. Wanted to give him a quick shout out for his- Matt Schick, Derek Hughes, David Regal. Wonderful. Darren Berger, so many people. Yes, yes, Darren. Uh, So uh, I saw his Zoom show, which was so wonderful. It's such a different style. Yeah, tell me. I know it's live from space, right? So like from space, uh, but it's like in his apartment or wherever he lives in LA, I assume. so yeah, like the travel time to get to space is probably worse than when he's on tour, right? <laughs> he's from a space, the space, but it's uh, <laughs> but yeah, though there is a bit of space theming to it. Uh, it's just I've seen a bunch of virtual shows now, and I kind of like get the not necessarily exactly what people are going to be doing or how it's done, but like there's common themes of 
you know, they're going to do this kind of mentalism effect or this kind of, you know, visual magic thing. And people are kind of drawing from the same possibility of things that can be done in this virtual format, which is a limited, you know, uh, uh, stable of things you can pull from. But I was so delighted because almost 100%, maybe there was one or two things I was like, Okay, I could see that where where he modified it, but everything was so creative and a lot of stuff I had never seen before. And I just he's got this quality that I also love that's uh very it felt very Pee Wee's Playhouse vibe to it. Because he's mm-hmm. I I think there's some some obviously some people working behind the scenes in the show, but what the audience sees is just him and a camera and he's moving this camera around his his uh, apartment or wherever he is, this room he's in, and he's going from one end to the other, so it feels real intimate, and he's, like, getting down on the floor for certain things and coming up. Uh, there's a there's an amazing piece where he's pulling in people from the Zoom show with this little briefcase that has a TV monitor, so you can actually see them. Uh, and then he does a really cool thing that I don't want to spoil, which just is, like, a really artistic way of uh, capturing some video with that little TV screen that was really fun. Um, it's very whimsical. Uh, it's just like this childlike sense of wonder that he brings to it. And there were several things that fooled me. It was great. I, I just... I love it. So fun. And then the ending is such a surprise. And uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything because, you know, that's not my place to do so. But... Um, but uh, the ending, I when I was trying to like work out what was happening, I was like, no, he didn't. He did. Wow, that that must have taken a lot of effort, <laughs> a lot of wow. lot of building to do that. <laughs> so great, so great. So I'll I'll leave it up in the mystery in the air, but I definitely recommend it as one of the most uh, fun virtual shows I've seen. I, I I without having seen it when he announced that he was even going to do it, I I. I could have guessed that it'd be that it would be among the best because he he just tends to put out quality. Yeah, yeah. And there's this one piece that he does because a lot of people are doing really interactive things and trying to get people to like play along at home so things happen on their side of the screen. He does a piece that's just brilliant for that. That I was just very envious that that he 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 came up with that idea and using an old kind of concept in magic, but it just plays so well. Uh, in the virtual space and there's just great reactions so check it out that's awesome i I hope i get to see yeah i don't know if he's doing too many um like public performances of it but uh if there are tickets i I think they keep selling out and he keeps adding more from what i've seen that is a good problem to have yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think they keep selling them out and and adding more dates so that's really great um i did uh just because i know you recently saw the the movie version of in its in and of itself yes. uh derek delgadio's book also came out recently which i'm like probably two-thirds of the way through already such an entertaining read have you heard about yeah, it um a moral man which can be read two ways right a moral man yeah. or a moral man <laughs> depending on yeah. the uh the the way you want to uh uh view it i guess uh yeah, I haven't picked it up yet myself, but it's on my list to do, and uh, I'm I'm hearing great things. I'm just seeing everyone post about it on social media and uh, raving about it. So uh, I have to admit, very engaging read. I mean, it just it's a page turner. Yeah. You want to get to the next page. It's kind of autobiographical, but like it's so exciting the way everything is sort of mapped. Yeah, out. and I just wanted to clarify too because it's it's more of a story than like you know it's not a magic book where you're, he's teaching his secrets or anything like that, but it's more like a novelization of his life, you're saying? Yeah, two-thirds of the way through, I would describe it so far as pretty much autobiographical, Um, but in a a really entertaining way. I mean, maybe, yeah, it's... It's it's great. I'm I'm enjoying it very much. And, like, you wonder how much of it... I mean, I'm, I'm reading it assuming that most of what I'm reading is, like, honest but there's like so many references to what's real and what's not it's like am i supposed to be questioning if this is deception or honesty i don't know but it's an exciting read well i think that that goes into the title and how you read it so maybe once you finish it you gotta read it again through the other lens and see right how much of it is like is this true so i think that's kind of that ambiguity is what he what he likes I mean, look, he got tom hanks to give a quote on the inside cover wow. how bad could it be wow. tom hanks yeah that's pretty great. Right? That's 
You know Tom Hanks, right? Of course I do. I'm surprised you okay. do. <laughs> <laughs> With your track record. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what else have I been doing? This week I've been also just focusing on my goal of uh, getting the website together. Um, and uh, I made some headway. It's it's This is something I'm, I wanted to ask you about, Matt, is like how you went about uh, like creating your website for your show. And I assume the, the link was probably involved in that. But uh, I basically reached out to a bunch of, um, uh, well, I put a Facebook uh, like request out of like, let me know if you know any designers. Uh, and then I got a lot of inquiries in, but then it's like, you have so many opportunities and options. It's like, how do you narrow it down? What are you looking for specifically? A lot of people reached out to me that, you know, I wasn't, necessarily on my radar but i had to like it's anything it's anything when you're choosing uh someone to work for you or a client or whatever like that is um uh how do you go about choosing the right one um so you know i tried to get the pitches from them and i talked to a few on the phone about what the vision was but i eventually uh landed with a, a friend and a graphic designer of mine um who seemed to be on the same page and uh uh, so I secured that finally, and uh, we're going forward. And um, we had a couple people even reach out listening to, from the podcast. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Um, but uh, and it will definitely keep you in mind for you know the future uh, if uh, other projects happen. But yeah, I I decide like maybe a mind over magic website, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we do need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just curious on your your approach to you know what goes into your decision when you're like looking for something creative, whether it be graphics or a website or anything like that. Well, website, I, and I, I've alluded to this with you before. It's not something. <laughs> It's something that to me, and this is just my, my interpretation, becomes like less important as time goes on because of social media and YouTube and things like that. So it's almost just like websites nowadays um, are, are like a landing pad to take right. you to where you're trying to go. I don't think people are spending tons of time like on artists' websites sure. per se, unless unless they're built for that reason. Mm -hmm. But most of website access is also done mobily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People are accessing it on their cell phone. So... For me, it's 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 about simplicity. So uh, the link wouldn't be involved in something like that, okay? Because um, you know it's 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 yours. Right. They have their own. You have <laughs> yeah, your own. Exactly. Um, but I mean, it's as simple as uh, you know. My managers work with certain companies. They'll say, "Here are three. Do you like any of their work?" And I I sort of just randomly pick one based on probably some sort of like irrational thing that I like. So you got the eeny, meeny, miny, mo method. <laughs> for websites, for websites. But like since you since you like clarified and said graphic design and things like that, mm -hmm. well, number one, first of all, thank you because I've been sending yeah. you mock-ups of graphic design. It's so funny. We're both in that same headspace right now, of like working on our graphics and kind of doing this rebrand. And, you know, that that's kind of why I – I favored on my end rather than like finding someone really good at the, the coding part. I was like, I'm going to focus on the graphics because I want the visuals to be right for the brand first. And then I can always code what he comes up with for the, for the design as well. But yeah, but yeah you've been in the same space sending me mock-ups and ideas and um, just ran I get random texts in the middle of the, the night from you that was like, what do you think of this font? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, and I appreciate all the feedback. Um, I, I, I honestly, I trust, I, I trust the person who's like doing it. If you know, you find someone you really like and work with, like you said, you, you talked to a bunch of different designers and then found one that you felt good about their pitch. And then I, I get other feedback like from you, for example, as well as others to see, to see what's working. But I mean, one main thing is the cohesiveness between one thing to the next. So in this example, it would be cohesiveness between what I'm seeing on the actual ad, colors, themes, and tying it to my actual new production of what the show looks like. Mm -hmm. And you probably know what I'm talking about, having seen some of the imagery. Absolutely. Yeah, you're keeping elements from the production and trying to get that into the graphic design to advertise the yeah. show as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, I always think for magic, like I think there are three important things. Uh, I'm really going into this here. I'm, go I'm going all in. Uh, to me, marketing is simple. And I think I probably always thought this, but Lance Burton uh, one time really put it succinctly for me. He said, 
you take this and he pointed to his face mm-hmm. and you put it as big as you can on the billboard <laughs> and then you take the name and then you take the name go into the land and make accent. that as big as you can <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you put that as big as you can on the billboard, mm-hmm. you know, because he sort of expressed a little bit of frustration of like um, marketing agencies and so on getting too creative and right. coming up with all these sort of wacky ideas that sometimes hit, sometimes miss. But like at the end of the day, as long as it has the name and the face and what I would add to that would be in my case, anyway, the word magic. So it's like, okay, I see the name, I see the face, I know what it is. Yeah. Even if I've never seen this person before, I can look at this and, hopefully two seconds or less and know exactly what it is. So those are the three things I look for. Anything creative on top of that is a bonus, but Mm -hmm. like at the bare minimum for me, it's always got to have those three things for like billboards, taxis, things like that. Yeah. That's your, your pitch line, your elevator pitch, your log line, whatever, because you want to get the bare bones, basic information out there and make that as readily available and understandable understandable wow (laughs) understandable uh as uh quickly as possible so that people can make those spur of the moment decisions and get your deal and you see different trends in advertising Mm -hmm. so uh advertising in vegas back in the day was like uh, one of the trends was it was very in your face exclamation points big text and now you see a trend of things being a little more subtle where they want you to look at it and hopefully hook your attention and then figure out what it is. Uh, We see this in TV commercials all the time where they go too far with that. Mm -hmm. And you watch the commercial and go, what the heck was that a commercial for? Exactly. Yeah. That was a big trend so much, especially with the, like the old spice I can think of where it was just like the randomness. And if, if one is random, that stands out. But then when everything's kind of random, then it's like, all right, they're all blending together. So like one ad Mm -hmm. campaign saw the success of one another one so they always try to repeat it but then it's just flooding the marketplace with the same idea and then no one's standing out i think that's right, the tricky right. part um but yeah yeah that's that that's the thing one one other thing that i look for in you know my graphic designing uh or whatever your your branding your advertising like you're saying um is i want to avoid the cliches of like what people already think of too or like the hacky totally. stuff right so i i think i mentioned this when i was talking about the photo shoot but like of things not to do is like i didn't want to as a mentalist put my fingers up to my head and like seem like i'm you know doing that traditional mentalist pose which you can always play the fun game is it a mentalist or a headache uh, medicine advertisement. <laughs> right. So it's like one of those things I'm always conscious of too. And oftentimes that's the tricky part working with a designer is to, because they have those stereotypes or notions in their mind when you say like, I'm a magician yep. or a mentalist. So they're, they're going to play into what they know. And you got to be like, no, I'm trying to not do, you know, what those stereotypes or those typical things are. And, uh, you know, right. we could just, I often say, like, just treat me like a comedian, like you're saying, my my picture, my headshot, and, and my name, and maybe what I yeah. do a little bit, since I'm not a you know, comedian, but ideally, I want to get to the point where also, it's it's they want to see me, just me as a personality, it doesn't matter what I do, I happen to be doing a mind-reading show, but, you know, we could mm-hmm. also, would love to just, you know, if you're, you're tuning into a podcast to hear me talk, you know, <laughs> or whatever like that, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think I think that's the ultimate goal, because you just don't want... You know, just to be like, I want to see a magician, a mentalist. It doesn't matter who. I want to make sure it's, you know, it's me. You're getting me for a reason, so forth. Right, right. That's why your name is bigger on there than what it is that you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want the ad to make them say, oh, let's go see a mind reader. Mm-hmm. Let's go see a magic show. Mm-hmm. You want it to be branded first and foremost. And, you know, if if the word magic is somewhere, that's secondary. Yeah. So, and it, yeah, so I was just gonna say, so I, I've started the the branding, the graphic side of things. I chose uh, um, uh, a designer who I, I trust. I'll I'll probably plug. I, I'm waiting for the results back before I give my <laughs> okay approval. That's but fair. Uh, but I, I do have faith and uh, trust this person as well. And I just liked that, like even already. Uh, before they started with the graphics, like they sent me a mood board of like ideas of just like the vibe. I love mood boards. Yeah, and then I just kind of like bounced some ideas off. There's there's another part to this too that I wanted to bring up that I find fascinating. Um, is 
when you're doing a job for a client, uh, you know, you, you're trying to align with their vision as well. So like I had a clear vision of what I wanted my logo to be as well, but I'm also open for them to like play around with it because my idea of the vision could be wrong. Uh, but that's when you're working in kind of like balancing the business side with the artistic side a bit. And you have to do that right. in this situation. Uh, but there is another situation where it's like when you're just about the art, I could see why you're not taking, you know, feedback from your client as well. Uh, there's a there's a coin guy who's based out of Russia, Russia that I follow on uh, Instagram. Like a coin magician? No, not a coin magician. He makes custom oh. like mechanical coins and they're like little pieces of art. Like he carves oh. amazing designs and they usually have like some sort of like trigger on them. Uh, so like one was a scarab and you hit a button and like the, the, the wings of the scarab move and open up and reveal like a gold center. And like he's got all these creative designs. Uh, I'll just plug it if you want to check out some of his work called uh, Roman Boutine on uh, Instagram. Uh, but I was reading one of his uh, stories that tells about if you could buy these things. They're they're a lot of money, by the way, because they're all like handcrafted custom like jewelry, sure. essentially. Uh, but he talks about how he doesn't take commissions because it's impossible to have this idea he, for him as an artist to work with the idea the client has in their mind and oh, have yeah. it match what the outcome is going to be. Uh, and he's like, I tried it once. It wasn't as successful. Uh, but uh, he's like, so I just kind of as an art from the artist, strictly artist perspective, I'm, I have themes that I like to explore and some of them might repeat and, but they're all unique and individual and it's like satisfying that part of him. So I, I also understand if you are just a pure artist, why you don't take commissions or input from a client that way. But that's a little different yeah. than the graphic designer, you know, <laughs> element. Right. No, it's course, totally different. So. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. So check that out. Uh, I know I can relate to that. I mean, I love collaborating when when you're creatively collaborating with someone that you want to collaborate with. But like to collaborate just based on um, for like a financial reason is not, you know, yeah, doesn't excite yeah, me. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's all just kind of playing around. All that stuff is in my head, too, especially as I do the rebrand. And, you know, especially I'm trying to tackle the, the corporate market much harder. And you do have to do some of that balance, too, to fit that market and sacrifice some of the artistic stuff that, you know, might not play in that market. And it's just kind of, you know, there'll always be those spaces to explore the art side, I think, you know, and th that's one of the reasons I started that Amazeball show in the beginning is because I could just do whatever I wanted on stage. Uh, but then, you know, once once money's involved, it's a uh, it's a whole different story sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. I'm glad you made some uh, progress on that. I saw some of the photos from the shoot and everything. Yeah. And uh, we're getting there. Great stuff. Just, just yeah. Keep going in the right chugging direction along and all prepping till, you know, we go back to the reopening and traveling again and live shows and so excited all of that stuff yes sir but, i'm hungry for a riddle let's do it before we do that like i said i was just gonna say let's do the riddle song diddle me this matt diddle me this diddle me that will eric end up stumping matt riddles okay matt this one i think you will like because it's animal themed and it kind of has to do with one of your pets so Scientists have found that cats are furrier on one side than the other. The side with the most fur is the side that cats most often lie on. Which side of the cat has more fur? Depends what side they lie on. No, they're saying one side is fur, uh, furrier and they lie on that side. So you have to say at s what, what side... Has more fur. I'll read it one more time just to make sure you're not missing anything. Scientists have found that cats are furrier on one side than the other. The side with the most fur is the side that cats most often lie on. Which side of the cat has more fur? Talk it out. What are your thoughts? Initial thoughts, Matt. This might be a trickier one. My initial thoughts are... The word side is playing tricks on us. That's my initial thought. Because you started off by saying more than one side than the other. And I'm thinking, is that side of the cat? Is that side of the yard? Is that turf grass versus real grass? Have you, I don't have know. you observed your cat 
are you thinking about just check it out which which side your cat's lying on <laughs> I, i'm like i'm almost sure that i have an ambidextrous cat when it comes to that <laughs> hmm but then at the end at the end you blatantly say which side of the cat is furrier which side of the cat has more fur yes has more fur is furrier a word yeah i think so did i make that up okay which side of the cat? So you said of the cat after the word side. So if side has a dual meaning, it's not in that second half. Which side of the cat? <laughs> hmm. No, I'm uh, You're stumped. I, I'm glad I got one that stumped you again because you've been just hitting, uh, hitting these riddles right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely feeling pretty stumped on this. Sci- scientists have proved, says in the beginning. Uh, scientists have found that found? cats are furrier on one side than the other. Furrier on one side of what? Their body? doesn't say that. Furrier on one side than the other. I'll give, uh, I just, I'll give you my thinking when I first encountered this riddle. That first, yeah. that first phrase of scientists found that cats are furrier on one side than the other. I was like, is that true? Is that dubious claim? It's not. Is it? That's a dubious claim, I Until think. Until you, f- I found out the answer, or guessed the answer, and I was like, no, the way that's worded is right. It is a correct fact. <laughs> Scientists oh, have found that... that cats are furrier on one side or the other in this situation, yes. In this uh, in this meaning of the riddle, yes. <laughs> oh, it has something to do with, like, the side of the world or the side of... Well, you were you were quite right. The uh, the last phrase says which side of the cat, so it still has to do with right. the cat. So, so what hmm. sides of the cat are there? That, I mean, I would think there would only be two sides. What are those? I would say the left and right. Great. What are uh, other sides of a cat? <laughs> Top and bottom. Great. What else? <laughs> Front and back. What else? Face, left and right. <laughs> You're missing. Uh, you're missing uh, one one crucial one, which is the answer to this riddle. <laughs> are you? Is this a riddle about cats' private parts? I mean, what do you? What am I missing? I said the well, whole body. It is I? now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's take a look at it in the terms of what uh, cats enjoy sitting in. Oftentimes, if you think of it more as a box, what are the sides of a box? They like to. The closed side. They they, they they like boxes in general. Yeah. Tell me the size of a box. What's small? No, like sides of a box, not sizes. The sides of a yeah. box? Left, right. There are six sides. Yeah. Uh, there's more than that. To a box? Yeah. W- wouldn't it be like a die? Six-sided well, die? Well, a box would be like is a different box? than a, squ- uh, a cube. Why? This is a weird way to go about this. Well, because it opens? Yeah. Okay. So what? Oh, the inside versus the outside? Oh! <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I was totally stumped Which on that. Which side no, of a I, cat I, has more fur? The outside. The outside of the cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Got I it. like that riddle a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can also picture you uh, repeating this to Tiana. All right, let's go on to our trivia, Matt. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia pressure. Trivia time. Today I have food trivia. Food trivia. Okay, great. Well, food themed. Which of these sauces is also called suckling pig sauce? Boy. Okay, so I uh, have always been a picky eater my whole life. And uh, just since the pandemic, started to learn how to cook a bit. So I definitely don't know sauces unless it's, um, you know, barbecue sauce. <laughs> I don't know any sauces. So I'm definitely going to need the, uh, the, the, the choices here. Hoisin sauce. Oyster sauce. Duck sauce. Soy sauce. Okay, I've heard of two out of the four of these. Tell me which two you've heard of. Duck sauce and soy sauce. Both. Okay, the other two are oyster and hoisin sauce. How do you even spell that and first one? It, H-O-I-S-I-N space 
Sauce. Yeah, I got the sauce part. <laughs> uh, wow. I don't know what that is at all. Um, Would you like to use your 50 50? Oh, I get like millionaire lifelines. Uh, but before I mean, it sounds like you need it. Well, the the last two I think is usually associated with like you know Chinese food, soy sauce and uh, and duck sauce. But uh, what was the, the? Give me the question again. What was the alternate name that I'm trying to figure out? Which of these sauces is also called quote suckling pig sauce? Suckling pig sauce. S u c k l i n g. Spate. Oh. Suckling pig sauce. I don't think pig is like really used in soy or duck. Duck and pig it doesn't seem like it should go together as a as a as a sauce at all. Okay. Um, but that's just my initial thought. I'm gonna get this wrong. I know this already, so I'm just gonna go with one of the ones I've heard: soy sauce. You don't want the fifty-fifty. Give me the fifty-fifty, since that was clearly wrong. I was going to eliminate soy sauce and duck sauce. Okay. It's then a deadly hoisin sauce. Yay! Because <laughs> I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I'm surprised you never heard what of it. What is it used for? I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's part of Asian cuisine. Okay, great. That yeah. just shows I think that's my, where it is in the market. My very uh, non-globalized worldview uh, that I should get better at. <laughs> yeah. Very good. With each day we improve. Yeah. Matt, you saw a movie. Yeah, that should be said with so much emphasis. <laughs> I also saw the same movie. Coming to America. Coming to America. The sequel. AKA the sequel. Yeah. 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 How did you feel? We haven't talked about this at all, so I liked curious it. Curious to know. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I mean I, I I knew going in it was not gonna be able to live up to the original. Yeah. Because that's such yeah. a classic. But I think they did a pretty good job with, uh, you know, uh, doing a mix of nostalgia and bringing back the fun parts from the the first one. And then, um, but also, like, kind of following a plot that felt true to the first one. And then, but also with new twists and new takes on it. Right. Um, I I also enjoyed it. But there were things that bothered me. There th- oh, I want to get into that. I, I before we do though, I want to give a huge shout out to Jermaine Fowler, who's uh, the, you know the new lead essentially. Uh, I don't think it spoils much to tell his role uh, is uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's son. Uh, he was great in it. He's really really good. He's a very funny comedian uh, out of New York, and uh, I mean we we're just talking about uh, Mindy Tucker who did my photos and. She was posting, you know, some photos of Jermaine uh, that she took of him when he was doing shows in New York as well uh, to help celebrate mm-hmm. that uh, release. And he was in the show Crashing and a bunch of other stuff. He's very, very, right. very funny. Uh, but he was great. I really liked him in that role. Very likable yeah. to the way he played that character. Absolutely. What were your gripes, Matt? Uh, <laughs> well, I just felt like Akeem's character, Eddie Murphy's character, was... Um, totally different than his character in the original movie now part of that was sort of written into the plot that his father rubbed off on him so but but still it just he didn't have that same uh to me it just seemed like you it it, it, there wasn't enough cohesiveness there i wish that um lisa his love interest slash wife queen in the movie like came alive a little sooner Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they could have done more with her she became fun when she uh, got drunk with um, Leslie Jones. what is the actress's name? Leslie Jones. L- Leslie yeah. Jones? yeah. Um, and what else was there that? Oh, and and I I just felt like I I don't know how I feel about like speaking of Leslie Jones, like the scene with Eddie Murphy and Leslie Jones from the past that sort of rewrites the history of the original a bit. I didn't know there, how I yeah, felt about that. Yeah, obviously there's going to be a little bit of spoiler, but we're going to try to avoid big spoilers yeah. for this. Uh, movie t- chat here yeah that is interesting in this uh that that especially with today's culture <laughs> uh you know kind of the uh, the taboo nature of that scene uh and it, you're right it does rewrite a little bit of his character and i i agree that like the fun part about the first movie is uh akeem is like so positive and like you know so virtuous in his quest to find his queen uh right and uh you know he kind of had to take over the the James Earl Jones role to get a similar story on how he's treating, you know, his son 
in this. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I think overall, though, it's like, how else could you do a sequel? Like, if you're going to do a sequel, things are going to have to change, and you're going to have to be able to tell a story uh, a little bit, because you can't just repeat this, the story, especially since it was all about getting getting married, and he did that in the first there was a lot of force, though. There, there was, a, there was a lot of sort of rushed, forced things, and just like, you really had to suspend disbelief, like showing up in New York and just finding the guy. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of a like. This is a reference you're not going to get, but the Game of Thrones travel magic of just like appearing somewhere else across the country and then back, uh, which was kind of funny. Um, but uh, the but New York's a big place. Yeah. If I went to New York, like trying to find you right now, like. I wouldn't find you. We're, we're in a pandemic, <laughs> you know I mean? Matt. I haven't left my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. But I did enjoy mm-hmm. it. I loved the, you know, the 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 shout outs to the original and the, the things that they did bring back. And um, they actually did do a really great job with it. But to me, it was just like even more of a nod to Cobra Kai and Cobra Kai on how what a great job they do. Because it's sure. so easy to to like make these sort of re- reunion or reboots um, polarizing, right? Know? Yeah, I I see what you're we're coming from, but I I also like there was a whole plot of uh you know his daughters and uh you know the women empowerment there and uh, his real daughter playing one of his daughters was uh, a nice little touch like the little Easter eggs I loved the cast was amazing uh, there's yes. so many great aspects to this and like there's a there but, was even that Easter egg when uh they go to the 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 news and it's trevor noah playing the news anchor yeah and they go, yeah that was a funny cameo. they go this is cnn and that was oh, voiced yep. by james earl jones who famously did the this is cnn <laughs> you know right, so right little things like that were great little nods and uh i loved it I loved well that, that was the other thing is is like lisa's character in the original sheree headley the actress's name what was a really powerful character in the original to me like in terms of who she was as a person leading the, like the the charitable drive and just was like a, a strong human strong mm-hmm. woman but then went to zamunda and like i guess the sub like the the subtext there was that she just totally fell into like the zamunda way of life and didn't you know all all of the things about zamunda with like women not being able to own a business and like remain the same mm-hmm. all these years oh yeah that's interesting Right? Yeah. That's so it was just interesting. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Again, though, it's like you're writing a movie, and how do you how do you make a sequel after that? That's the, that's the challenge. It's tough, I think. And yeah. So it's, it's it's really hard to win doing those things. And like I said, I I don't even mean to sound too critical because it was actually a really enjoyable watch. Mm. I laughed several just, times. It's hard to do several times, and and even just like the new uh, new characters cuz they kept in the same vein as like Eddie and uh, Arsenio playing multiple characters and there's a couple new ones uh, <laughs> that was uh that was fun to watch. I could have used a little bit more semi because he kind of had this side plot with, uh, you know, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> but uh you know, yeah. <laughs> but that was You know fun. what it was a laugh out loud? Laugh out loud for me. What? Was when the son, what was his the actor's Jermaine name? Jermaine Fowler. Jermaine Fowler is making some grand entrance while in the palace in Zamunda, and there's uh, like a hip hop hip hop track running underneath it, and it's like this dramatic entrance. And then he reaches in his pocket, pulls out his cell phone, and pauses it. Yeah, <laughs> he was literally just yeah playing it from playing his, his own theme music, oh, yeah, you know. Great. Yeah. Um, so I I tell uh, people to check it out because it's definitely a movie. If you if you like the first oh, one, yeah. you you gotta see the second one just to revisit those uh, those characters and locations, and it's got the same yeah. vibe. No, they really did do an amazing job. They really did. It's uh, it's it's e- it's just so easy to be critical of these reboots, mm-hmm. especially when there's so much to live up to. That's all. Well, it's, it's hard to do a sequel. What is your um? What do you think is the best sequel? That like really like did it well? well. I. In terms of like a sequel that happened thirty years later, is that kind of is that a, that's like almost unprecedented? Right. That is. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So it's hard in general, mm-hmm. even when it's a year, two years, three years later. But thirty years later, it's a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if I can name like the best quote unquote sequel. Right. Because you got to see more movies to be able to do that. Maybe I don't know. Like <laughs> Secret of the Ooze, Secret Ooh. of the Ooze, Ninja Turtles might have been better than the original. That is a that's a fair point. I will go with right? my favorite sequel. Which is because it's my favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. There you go. Uh, but I feel it's again, it's one of those things that feels like it's one full story rather than you know broken up as a we're gonna revisit the first movie kind of idea. right. 
So a couple, uh, four or five years ago, I met Sheree Headley. Oh, nice. Really? Where? Um, well, tell me that. This was in Chicago. Steve Harvey's show taped in Chicago at that time mm-hmm. before he, he moved it to Los Angeles. And it was his Coming to America special, uh, themed special for Halloween, which I sort of referenced last yeah. week. But she was there. Oh, nice. Uh, as uh, as and she dressed as like her character from the movie and everything and also was the actress who played the wife who hops on one foot like the one that he was supposed to be as arranged marriage yeah. she was there as well yeah. um but i wanted to bring this up because i was backstage waiting to go on in in the dressing room and i was with stuart my road manager stuart yeah. ross an amazing uh touring legend in the concert industry um and he's watching on the monitor Cherie get interviewed by Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. And he said some things that were really insightful to me. He said, wow, what a talented interviewer she is. Uh, Interviewee? Interviewee, yeah. And I said, why? What do you mean? Like, I don't know if she was just like being photogenic or had good answers. He's like, well, in the past three minutes, she's referenced the title of her book, her own name, and her own name casually and the her you know her upcoming other project three times <laughs> but it didn't sound like she was selling anything yeah and it's not it's it's the difference between forcing it in and just being natural right right and that was like a whole eye-opening thing to me because like it seems obvious and we all kind of know to do it but like the eloquence in which she did it and now maybe <laughs> maybe someone will, will will find this clip of her being interviewed by Steve Harvey and, and maybe we're blowing it up to be even better than it was. I don't know. Well, there's but like the Loftus, my memory there's of the it, Loftus Palmer study. Our memories are fallible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like my memory of it is she was just crushing yeah, it, you know, yeah. like every, every other word was her referring to herself in the third person, but it didn't sound pompous. Right. And then she mentioned the book. Then she referenced coming to America. Then she mentioned a co- upcoming movie. Like it just felt like she was just laying it in and there were laughs along the way and everything had a reason. So I don't know. Are there any tricks you use if you're being interviewed for different things? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. But I wouldn't have noticed it if student didn't point it out. That's the other thing. Right. right. I wouldn't have even picked up and on it. And have you applied those tips in your interviews that you have done? And, you know, especially as you're going to be coming back towards uh, reopening, I'm sure you're going to do a lot of press for that. So, like, is that going to just be in the back of your mind? Uh, oh, It is only as much as I can, though. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm always like... You, you want to strike that balance of making sure you're getting across whatever it is you're plugging, but authenticity kind of like trumps it. Yeah. Almost. So it shouldn't, but for me, it does. Right. I think it does for you too, actually. No, definitely. And that, that's the thing I'm always conscious of, especially since I know like I, I'm never really ever trying to force in what I'm plugging as uh, because I know usually at the end of the interview, the interview will, will bring that up that's why you're there. So they'll, they'll get the plug in. I mean, we did that out when we did ice cream social, we didn't even really talk about the podcast until Matt was like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll plug it for you guys. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely went on yep. the other side of that <laughs> coin. Uh, but for me, I think the trickiest part is with interviews, the same questions always come up. They come up time and time for almost everything you do. Uh, you get those just core questions. And the, the hardest part is to make your responses refresh because you have the same answers generally because one, it's about your past or like how you got into this or you get the, you know, what am I thinking right now and questions like all that stuff. So I think the key for me is always to figure out a way, a new way to maybe phrase my answer, canned answer oftentimes uh, so that it still feels fresh and present and in the moment. And I think the improv training I do teaches me that, uh, you know, mm. you've got to be there with that person. Otherwise, it's going to feel like you're going on autopilot. And we've talked about that several times of, you know, being present and in the moment. Well, a lot of people might not realize, and even performers, uh, if they're not uh, hip to it uh, yet, is that a lot of these major talk shows, national talk shows, actually have a pre-interview mm-hmm. before the interview. Right. So talk about trying to make something feel candid when you already know the questions and what your answer needs to be. Plus, there's a major difference between long-form interviews and short-form mm-hmm. interviews. Um and they're two very different styles. If you take someone who's like a popular, uh, 
podcast host that like bases their like interviews like a Mark Marin is famous for doing interviews on his podcast they're long form but like someone like uh, who is a host of the Today Show they're used to getting their interviews done they only have maybe six minutes right. yeah so the answers need to be very truncated and almost soundbitey yeah and that's the same thing that wouldn't I've never had to sit through a press junket like a lot of these celebrities have to do for the movies that are coming out but I hear they're mm-hmm. grueling because again you're just sitting in a chair and they're rotating through a revolving door different reporters that are coming in just to get that sound bite and again they're asking very much the same questions and you have to keep that fresh still uh, same idea and it just, it's so easy just to give the same response same canned thing and make it you know sounds flat but you don't know the audience is only going to see that one interview and not all the other interviews you did, per se. Right. It is important to get it right. And did you know there's training for this stuff? Mm. Mm-hmm. Some musicians or artists of different kinds, actors, actually receive training probably through like a recommendation through a, a, a publicist. Um, and I know this because I've heard this from publicists I've worked with, that they actually like go through a training now i i've never done it i don't know what it's like not because i'm so good at it but only because i wasn't like (laughs) bad enough at it that i needed it but like i'd be really interested to see like i I feel like i could totally learn something from it yeah there's probably some tips and strategies that could be useful but again i think being thrown into the, the tv world with the agt experience you know i learned a lot from just like that first day of when they're doing the b-roll interview and they got whoever producers on the other side of the camera trying to prompt you and you learn to like try and repeat the question back in your answer so that it sounds like you weren't asked a question. Uh, So there's all that stuff. But I mean, you're very personable. So you do that when you're talking to people anyway. And, you know, my improv background definitely comes into play of like, sure, just throw things at me because that's what you do is you just roll with the punches and go with it and try and try and sound as natural and have fun with it as possible. Yeah, no, I mean, those are those are pretty good tips for any press you have to do, whether it's like, you know, you could have a restaurant gig and, and do the local news station. And mm-hmm. anytime you do those, anytime you do press, you want to have something to plug. That's the thing, too. Right. Like a lot of times first performing when you, you're starting in a, a career of performance, it's like, oh, I want to be on TV. Oh, I want to. But like really, really, even if it's local television, but realistically, you kind of want to have something to plug when you're there. And it's an excuse to get on those shows. Like, that's why you're there. Yeah. yeah. They're not just Yeah, they looking, work together, actually. Yeah, because, like, a, a local news show isn't just going to be like, we're going to just randomly feature a magician now because that's not news. They're a news show, usually, and they want to Well, that's the funny thing, happening. too, is sometimes they will. Right. I mean, they will. But that doesn't mean you should. Right, right. I mean, you could for practice, but, like, it's always better if there's something you can be promoted yeah, I think absolutely you know so but yeah whether it's a show opening up or you wrote a book or you know you're teaching magic lessons for a good cause or whatever there's always that's the fun thing too is to to spin what you're already doing and making it newsworthy as well so that you then right. find a way to pitch that as the plug uh, for the reason right. why you're getting interviewed right and now two people who have no website for their podcast <laughs> Probably guilty of doing interviews without mentioning the podcast. Um, no links on our own websites for the podcast are now giving advice on how to promote things. Hey, I'll, I'll defend my website because right now I've essentially just put caution tape in my mind around it as like, do not cross uh, until the yep. new one is up. But uh, Well, make the caution tape clickable <laughs> to the podcast, and I'll figure out a way to do the same on mine. I love how we talk about it every week, yet yeah, neither of us makes – maybe we're not confident enough yet – in in our in our you know in our uh, in our product here, but you know what? I kind of feel like we are. No, I think it's just about the the, the extra coding work and like how busy we are in the week. Oh, We, we true. just keep kind of going like we're gonna get to it, but there's just so many other pressing things on. You know, with your reopening and my rebranding and oh like, my god, and the virtual yeah. shows that I'm still doing, and I have one tonight. I gotta do one tonight as well. So. I don't know if it's actually because I'm super busy right now or just because I haven't worked in a year that it just feels like pretty overwhelming in this moment, like work wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a lot going on and, uh, and eventually we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm racing off to the theater today, but, uh, this has been a fantastic 36. Is this number 36? This is 36. 
What, are we doing an Easter egg after the theme song? I mean, we didn't talk about our goals yet, Matt. So are th- that's why I said Easter. Are the egg. goals just after the, the the end credits now? You know what? Listen, I'm just gonna tease it. There's gonna be something <laughs> that's gonna happen. I can't say exactly what it is. It might be a goal. It might not. But there's gonna be a little something after the song you're about to hear. But thank you for listening. We so appreciate hanging out with you. Uh, we definitely appreciate all of you listening. Uh, feel free to tell a friend if you're having a good time hanging out with us as well. And you know someone who also thinks that they'll have a good time, that you think will have a good time hanging out with us. Let them know about the podcast. You can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and visit us on the socials, Mind Magic Pod. Uh, give us a follow. We'll probably follow you back on those accounts as well. So free follows. Look at that. Follow for follow. Uh, but uh, Free weather advice, yeah, free yeah. weather in New York and Vegas, free follows. We got it all. We'll just talk about, yeah, the, we'll just do a meteorology report. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it live from a local news station. Tie it all together. Hey, man, we're, from the virtual shows, we all got green screens laying around. It's, it can't be that hard. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Stick around for our goals after or Easter eggs after the <laughs> I can't wait to see what this Easter egg is going to be. This is exciting. It's probably goals, Matt. I'm going to say it's goals. <laughs> it might be. Maybe, maybe I have a whole curveball that you're not even ready for right now. I would love to hear that. <laughs> Sound skeptical. What do you got? I got goals. What's your goal? <laughs> oh, it is goals. Easter egg. <laughs> um, well, I, I my goal last time was to work on the website. I think I'm working towards that. Um, but uh, my goal for next week is um, I got to brush off the live show. I'm going to be doing a live show soon. So I got to figure that wow. out again. So that's that's the goal. Is that a travel date or? Yeah, I'm gonna be actually traveling and flying, and uh, so uh, doing so safely, of course, and um, yeah, yeah. social distance, masks, all that stuff. But um, I think now that you know vaccines have occurred, and yeah, I'm feeling a little bit safer about it, and uh, just gotta yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Brush off uh, what I gotta remember what I do in my live show. <laughs> right, right. I know the feeling. It's really embarrassing doing run-throughs on stage, and it's like line, please. What did I Why? say here? What do I say? I said it for, you know, years and years and years. Totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, so, Matt? You were working towards uh, the, the going live date. Yeah, so we're getting there. We're, uh, But, you know, today's just another tease as to when we'll announce a date uh, where I'll be able to invite you over to my house, a.k.a. theater. <laughs> Matt's house. <laughs> Matt's house. People are going to come to um, where you live at Vegas, expecting a show now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'd probably happily just do a show here because I haven't been able to perform <laughs> anywhere. So, uh, you know, I just posted on Instagram on at Matt Franco Magic uh, my desk in my story, and it's um, it's a mess. So I, I really, I, I, it's your ongoing goal. Yeah, man. Like I really, <laughs> I, I really would love it to just be a little bit neater, and I just can't, I can't get myself to get to it. What do I do? Just set up, set some time, do it. Start start small. But, start with one corner of the desk, and by the time you start it, it'll actually you'll be pretty much probably want to do the. Well, rest I guess of it. that might be my approach here. I'm thinking like, yeah, no, I guess. That, sorry, you glitched out there, but I heard what you said. Um, I, I think that's part of my approach here. Is like, all right, the office itself is too overwhelming. So if I just scale it back and say, let's focus on the desk. If I basically take the big job and break it up into smaller pieces, maybe that will make it more palatable. So. I'm giving it to you. I'm saying it here live on Mind Over Magic. So uh, hopefully next week I'll have some good news of what this desk looks like. Can't wait. <laughs> so we've dwindled it down. We've dwindled it down. It's no longer organize the office. It's just, just the desk. get the desk. I mean, look, there's batteries. There, I mean, you can't look, right. but there are batteries, rubber bands, notebooks, like various gimmicks that have nothing to do with each other. Five hard drives. Five hard drives. Hard drives. How many hard drives do you have plugged into your computer right now? External. Zero. Five. <laughs> so I'm I'm like just disappointed in myself. And like I would just maybe, I don't know. 
maybe yell at me about it or something. We'll, we'll keep you accountable. Uh, just, uh, you know, if you're on the social, tweet at Matt every day. <laughs> <laughs> at, make, Matt, so. at Matt Franco Magic. Uh, just uh, send him a little message. Hey, did you clean hey. your desk yet? Hey, speaking of Easter eggs, have you ever done the weather for any reason? I think they used to have a thing at like maybe Disney World or something where you could do it. Have you ever done weather for any reason? Done the weather? No. I, no, no. I don't think so. I think. Okay. Have you? No, but um, <laughs> I recently got an offer to do it. Oh. Here in Vegas. Like like when the pandemic's over, like not right now, but like like when they're back in the studio, like in this like not as the way it is now, like six months from now, um, like show up and, and be like, do like a guest weather appearance. I guess Lance Burton's done it and other people over the years here. I was like, I would love that. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I told Kevin, the weatherman here. I was like, he's like, would you ever do it? I was like, hundred percent. I would be thrilled to see how good or bad I would be at it. So I yeah, feel like that's fun. I think, would you, wouldn't you not want to do oh, that? That'd be great. I've definitely done like kind of broadcast journalism type things in front of a green screen whether prompter reading like yeah or like like whether it's uh you know they have like a fake news thing at some attraction that you're doing or like you're saying like a disney world kind of type performance of something yeah but i don't think i've ever talked about barometric pressures or storm fronts or anything going through i'm sure they dumb it down (laughs) for like the guest who comes on and does it yeah the the red the red wavy lines are coming in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're just right, describing right. the graphics <laughs> well it's it's all about doing it the right way right like turning left when everything's <laughs> actually on the other side because i think it's flip i think it's backwards right I I, and you're just pointing at a green screen so you don't really know you got to look at the monitor yeah, i think, think. you got to watch the monitor but if you wear one of those like green mofi suits you could just be a floating head so try that could be a floating head <laughs> let's just see if they let me do it in the first place this has turned out to be one hell of an this Easter egg. This was an Easter egg. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>